this season is calling for diverse groups of people to come together and say we may look a little different, we may sound a little different, we may go at this a little bit of a different way, but we have the same intent. We want to reach our communities for Christ. We want to see the church move forward. And so whatever is required of me to make that happen, I'm in. Why? Because we're only as strong as our weakest link. And we are in a real battle where there's real casualties. Life and death is real. Heaven and hell are real. And we need to quit treating the church like it's a Boy Scout troop and start acting like we are Marines. Start acting like we're in the army of God. Start acting like what we do matters. Start taking ownership at the level that God has blessed you. It's the spirit of leading second. We're excited to announce Leading Second Camp, an inaugural event for the Leading Second Tribe. From the second chair, for the second chair. Featuring Brandon Stewart and Larry Bry. Leading Second Camp, March 3rd, 2022, Austin, Texas. Spots are limited. Register now at leadingsecondcamp.com. This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit subscribe, share this episode with your team, and let's join Pastor Brandon Stewart for another vital conversation for all of us who lead in the middle. Second, welcome back to season four of the Leading Second podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited and honored uh, to have you here today. If you lead from the middle on your church team in any capacity, Leading Second is for you. Uh, welcome home. Uh, we pray that these conversations every Thursday morning are just fuel to you and life to you as you are attempting, like like I am, like we are, to run your race faithfully for Jesus, hold up the arms of your pastor, build your local church. Uh, we love you. We're thankful for you. And I pray that these conversations help you in some way. Hey, we have a great uh, episode for you today. And before we dive in, I am so excited, uh, like jumping out of my skin, excited that we get to finally open up for registration today, Leading Second Camp. We announced it recently and you heard about it at the beginning of the episode today, but Leading Second Camp is open uh, March 3rd, 2022, Austin, Texas. We are hosting a one-day event for executive pastors, campus pastors, and anyone who serves on a lead team in your church, a day where we're believing for uh, you to be equipped as a leader and transformed as a believer, you know, a, a day where we see spiritual renewal, uh, spiritual realignment in our lives, all while we see God equip us for this season of leading. Um, I've invited Pastor Larry Bry from Elevation Church to join us, and he and I will tag team the day as well as uh, invite some other ministry friends into the conversation. And uh, man, we're just believing for a significant day. Registration is now open. We are not lying when we say that spaces are limited. This is going to be a small, intimate event. We're going to cap it uh, because we we just want this first inaugural event 
uh, to, to be small, to be intimate. And we pray that you will seize the opportunity to uh, join us and be in the room next March in Austin for leading second camp. If I'm honest with you, um, this is the step I've wanted to take for years. Been dreaming about this, been thinking about this. The very first picture God ever gave me of leading second, in fact, was an event. And so now to uh, be here and announcing this is just a really fun thing. So leadingsecondcamp.com is where you can find all of the information and um We pray you'll join us next year. Well, for today, uh, I wanted to grab the episode today and have a conversation with you. I feel like this is sort of our space to talk and have conversation. And every once in a while, I get a wild hair and just decide I want to be the one to share for the day. And if if leading second has made an impact in your life, and if I serve as any sort of a guide or pastor in your life today, I just wanted to have a, a pastoral call and pastoral talk with you today. Uh, because I believe that we are navigating interesting times as leaders. And um, I have a thought for you today that I believe could maybe help someone listening uh, navigate a side of ministry that you're attempting to navigate and that maybe today will give language to something you are maybe feeling, but a new revelation will be born in your heart for how you can be faithful for Jesus in this season. So today I want to talk with you about influence versus authority. Influence versus authority. And um, this is simply me opening up a conversation with you on a topic that I have a growing passion for, but I'm sure a conversation we will continue over time. The hottest currency in our culture today is the currency of influence, currency of influence. John Maxwell coined years ago, kind of in the season where I was cutting my teeth in ministry, John Maxwell coined the phrase about leadership that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. And I I have incredible uh, respect for John Maxwell and he has helped shape so much of my paradigm as a leader over the years. But yet today, some things have shifted. And now today we find ourselves leading in a day where we have seen the rise of the influencer as this like viable career or business. And so while leadership certainly is the ability to influence someone, uh, I want to take this conversation in a layer because we're seeing the currency of influence used all sorts of ways. And if I'm honest with you, I feel very concerned about young leaders having to navigate that climate because I feel like we get our target off. And in our attempt to want to honor God and serve God, I think we end up aiming for the wrong target. So today I'd like to have a conversation with you on the difference between authority and influence. Now, some parameters for this conversation. My audience today is church leaders and church leaders only. Uh, so understanding that there could even be some listening today who have a viable 
business on Instagram or somewhere on social media as an influencer and, you know, you have sponsored posts and help sell clothing or a product and I really have no bone to pick with you. Uh, I'm specifically talking to the church leaders space today. I also want to give this, um, I guess, note or precursor to what we're going to say today. I am not against influence, just like I'm not against other forms of wealth or currency. It's pretty interesting how often Jesus talked about money, for example, in his teaching. He technically mentioned it as much or more than he mentioned salvation, just a little note. And that's because uh, money is a tool and it must be handled correctly. And money also reveals things about our heart and our priority. And Jesus often taught us that if improperly valued or used in your life, it can actually keep you from receiving all that the kingdom has for you. And so today, influence is simply another form of wealth or currency. Let me also say influence is important. And can be used by a wise leader uh, to great effectiveness, just like money Uh, or currency can be used with wisdom for kingdom purpose with great effectiveness. I mean, you think about it, people need to want to follow you. That that is important as a leader. Uh, You know, the Bible says man looks at the outside. God looks at the heart. I mean, you, you can have it all right on the inside and got it all messed up on the outside and loved by God, but no one wants to follow you. I mean, I I really, really get that. So influence is important and must be handled uh, properly. And uh, so those are my caveats here before we get into this conversation. But here is the problem I see. Like here is the root of the issue for me. Today, I see too many leaders discontent in their call because they lack the influence they think they're supposed to have. It seems to be this like cultural goal to go viral, you know, in some way, shape or form as if you, if you go viral and you put out the post or the TikTok or the video that gets the traction that that somehow equals that you've made it. And then therefore, if that never happens to you, that you haven't made it. You see, when we're discontent in our call, we go looking for something to answer that discontentment. And many times, tragically, we end up overlooking the opportunities that are right in front of us. They come dressed up as small moments. They come dressed up as inconvenient moments, but we overlook those things because we're looking for something to answer the discontentment. I I want you to think about the church staff member on a Sunday morning who's at church serving faithfully, but they're looking for an opportunity. They're looking for the moment that's going to take them forward as a leader. They're looking for influence. They're looking to make it big. They may want to be used by God. I'll give them that, but they're discontent with where they're at. Think about this leader. This leader, when they show up on a Sunday morning for church, they're going to seek approval from their pastor. They're going to talk to the most important person in the lobby or the room and even leave someone less important to go talk to someone more important. I mean, they're going to seek validation. They're going to promote their Instagram account when they get up on stage to talk. I mean, they're, they're going to do all of those things because ultimately they're discontent 
in their call. Here's what that person is not going to do. What that person is not going to do is they're not going to walk slowly through the crowd and talk to anyone and everyone, especially those that really can't get that person ahead. They're not going to value the small moments and the small acts of faithfulness that seemingly, you know, are a dead end. I'm telling you this, this example and using this example, because actually this example was me years ago. If I'm honest with you, I have been through seasons where I was very discontent with what was in front of me. And I feel like there have been moments, especially early on, where I was guilty of overlooking the small moments and small acts of faithfulness um, in order to seek things like validation, approval, influence, those kinds of things. God, though, um, in his sovereignty and in his kindness, completely intersected and confronted and redeemed this side of my life. And I'm going to close with a story at the end of this that will show you that and how God just really sealed the deal for me, that he is truly our promoter. And he is truly the one who, who uses us, who promotes us, who takes us to where he's called us to be. And um, it's his job to do that. It's simply our job to be faithful. I want you to think for a minute, going back to church example, I want you to think of a moment where you've been in a service, a church service, a meeting, whatever it is. And someone walks out on stage and when they start singing or when they start speaking or when they start leading, everything in the room shifts, the atmosphere shifts. It's like you immediately sense the presence of God. You immediately sense the anointing that's on that person's life. I mean, it's, it's like when they open their mouth, the kingdom of God arrives. We've all been in those moments. We've all seen that happen. We've also seen where it doesn't happen. Here's my question for you. What are you experiencing in that moment? Are you experiencing that that person got their clothing style right? <laughs> Are you experiencing that that person is talented or gifted? Are you experiencing a magnetic personality? I'll, I'll tell you what you're experiencing in that moment. What you're experiencing is someone is leading who has spiritual authority. They are leading. They are walking in not just approval, but authority given to them only by God. You see, when you, when you walk in a sense of spiritual authority, you're able to get more done in less time. You're able to see the kingdom of God come, the kingdom of God, of course, being an internal kingdom and a kingdom of hearts and minds and belief. And, and you, 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 when you see someone operating in that, your spirit resounds with that. And I actually believe my premise for today that as church builders, we're called to walk in spiritual authority. Uh, a little bit of the word today for us, Matthew chapter 10 and verse one. I've used this verse so many times with leading second and can never get away from it because this is really a moment where Jesus leading second leaders are born. If you read it in context, Matthew chapter 10 and one, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. In other words, he gave them authority to do what they couldn't do in the natural. He gave them authority. Matthew 16 and 19, this of course is in the famous 
uh, encounter where Peter has a revelation of Jesus being the Messiah and Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. And we, we love that. Uh, but then in verse 19, he says this to his disciples and to Peter. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. This is the, the purpose of the church. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Our mandate as believers is to walk in spiritual authority. Here's a question I have for you for, for how much we know about doing church, about putting on church, about church life with some of those phrases are even probably very, very wrong, but for how much we know about this thing we're a part of, here's my question for you. Why are people still leaving our services bound? I mean, we know more than ever about the systems and structure and methodology and strategy of church. And yet I still see people walking away, not free. Still see people leaving our church services, with the same baggage they brought in. But when you think about it in the kingdom, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage off people's lives. I believe we need more church leaders with spiritual authority before we need church leaders with influence. Let me say that again. We need more church leaders with spiritual authority before we need church leaders with influence. And I hope you're not hearing, as my pastor would call it, a dumb dichotomy in this. Yes, we need leaders of influence, but I'm saying we need church leaders with spiritual authority first. That Jesus taught us, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. So here's my prayer for you today. My, my prayer, if you're listening to this, my prayer is that you would have wild influence for the kingdom of God, but that you would do so in God's timing for God's purpose, walking in a sense of authority on your life that only God can give. This uh, conversation got really personal for Lindsay and I a number of years ago. Um, we had had our uh, daughter Zane and she was a toddler and Lindsay um, was, was on staff at our church, but beginning to travel with me more. And, you know, we were really starting to do ministry with kind of this toddler on the road with us vibe and flow. And um, it was really a fun and rewarding and rich season for us. And Lindsay had a blog at the time and, if you don't know uh, Lindsay or the side of her, she actually has quite an eye for interior design. Uh, she's very creative. She's much more creative than I am and is really some of the creative brains behind Leading Second. And um, she had a blog at the time and she was really starting to get some traction on her blog. It's kind of a mom lifestyle fashion interior design blog. And um, she had a couple of posts uh, that went viral. This is kind of before this is really a thing. There weren't really like influencers. I don't feel as much at the time. Um, and she was really standing on the cusp of, she could have gone that route. And, um, I think that there are some that have gone that route and should go that route. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't a matter of, of, you know, right or wrong for us, but I remember her being really uncomfortable with it. I remember her um, 
wrestling with it a lot and we would talk about it a lot. And I'll tell you the point that she came to. She actually closed it all down. And she said, I want to spend my life talking about the things of God. I don't want to spend my life talking about our ministry and our church and what God is doing. And this is before leading second, before all of it. She said, I, I just, that's how I want to spend my life and my voice. I'm not saying that to, um, to say that one route is, is better than the other because, uh, I like a good lifestyle blog or Instagram account all day long. But what I so appreciated about my wife in that day was that she said, I'm going to, I'm going to seek, seek the kingdom of God first on this one. And I'm going to follow God's calling and I'm going to be willing to lay this thing down. And if God wants to use it, he can resurrect it or he can do something else with it. But I'm just going to seek God first. And I've, I've always appreciated my wife for that moment today. She's probably one of the greatest uh, ministry supporters that, that um, I have, the, the greatest ministry supporter I have. And such a partner in it. And I thank God for her every day on it and how she was able to decipher that moment. So I want to end our, our time together today by comparing and contrasting authority and influence. I want to, first of all, share with you one of the most helpful scriptures that have ever been shared with me. I heard it from someone in Bible school and this, this forever marked me. It was Psalm chapter 78 verses 70 through 72. I could preach on this all day long and I have it, but it says this, he chose David, his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, and of Israel, his inheritance. In other words, he took David from the sheep pens to leading in the palace. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. He led them. I just, I love it. God chose David and he chose David who was a servant and God took him from tending sheep to leading a nation. God is just so able to promote us and take us where he wants us for his purpose and in his timing. And because David went the route of being approved by God rather than by man, it says in verse 72, David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands, he led them. You know, David was found faithful. You see authority that brings influence is beautiful, but influence that comes before authority is hollow to have influence is to be known by man, but to have authority in the kingdom, by the way, is to be marked by God. Influence seeks man's approval first. Authority seeks God's approval first. Influence thinks of myself first. Authority thinks of others first. Influence is a tool, but authority is a part of your calling. Gaining influence means building your earthly kingdom, but walking in authority means establishing his kingdom. Influence comes from being marketed by man, but authority comes from being approved by God. And influence is never satisfied. But authority has contentment. In other words, authority, walking in the authority God has given you, um, it allows you to be content 
in the small or the big moments because your your prize is no longer a reward that man can give you, but ultimately a reward in heaven. Let me close by saying this. Where does spiritual authority come from? Well, spiritual authority comes from, first of all, the idea that we're a part of a kingdom, the kingdom of God. And so if we are a part of a kingdom, that means, first of all, it comes from the king. In this case, King Jesus. Number two, it comes for the king's purpose. And number three, it comes through living the ways of the kingdom. From the king, for the king's purpose, living in the ways of the kingdom. If you want to be a leader that walks in a greater sense of spiritual authority, you're going to want to take your life and put it in the hands of King Jesus and live solely for the purpose of King Jesus, according to the ways of King Jesus. And watch how in his time and for his purpose, God will take your life and do something really, really special with it. I'll close with this story. Going back to my own journey of being discontent in my call and how God has redeemed and renewed that side of my life. Um, When we launched Leading Second uh, a few years back, God used some great churches and pastors to help us fund and launch this ministry that you're now enjoying and are a part of. Some are still giving every single month uh, to to Leading Second. It's pretty amazing. Um, And this exact same scenario happened three different times to me uh, when we were in our fundraising and launch phase. But I remember one, one couple came into our life actually a couple years before we would set out to launch Leading Second. Um, It was a couple that I met at Team Church Conference. I wasn't the director at the time. I was a church staff member. I was was working with pastors at the time. And so uh, true to my assignment and my mission, um, one, I ran into them one uh, day in the lobby. It was the dinner break. And uh, I asked them, I said, hey, I don't have any plans. You guys want to go out to dinner? And they said, yes. And uh, so we went out to dinner and connected and had a great time. Um, but to be honest, didn't really talk again for a couple of years. Um, it was it was great to meet new friends. You know, it was conference, it was busy, and and we we just didn't really connect after that. Well, a couple of years later, when now I'm in a major launch season for Leading Second and just praying to God regularly, asking God to do a great work and help us get this ministry off the ground. Um, I got a random phone call uh, one day from this pastor. Called me and he said, hey, um, you've just been on my mind and my heart. I can't can't shake, you know, I just had to call you. And and we talked, it was good to catch up. And he said, hey, I just really feel like you're supposed to come and be at our church soon. And I said, man, it'd be such an honor. I would, I would love that. And um, ended up going just the way the schedule worked, ended up going just a couple weeks later about a month later and um, it was such a special weekend to not only reconnect, but see their church. But then I ended up speaking at their staff meeting and it was only the second time I had ever given what was kind of my keynote leading second message. I'd only ever done it one time before, but I delivered that message to their staff that night and it was a really powerful, powerful meeting. And I really felt God at work in the room in a unique way, in a special way. And afterwards he actually came up and it was still on the mic, actually got recorded, but he encouraged me and actually prophesied 
areas of leading second into existence over our life and and spoke something that deeply, deeply resonated with me. And then after that meeting, he actually um, not only um, encouraged us and prayed for us, but he actually went on to fund a massive part of our launch for leading second. Just, it was just a miracle. It was God years in the making, you know, bringing someone into my life. And, and, and here's why I'm telling you the story. I asked him after it was all said and done and we launched our ministry. I asked him one day, I said, um, why did you do that? And by the way, this same situation happened about three different times during that season. But I asked him, I said, why did you do that? Why'd you give? We, we didn't even know each other that well. And um, first of all, it was part of his gifting to do that. But he said to me one day, he said, you know what? You, you showed me kindness one day. We went to dinner and you did it with no, nothing, no expectation. And you just showed me kindness. I heard that phrase three different times. You just showed me kindness one day. And I think that was one of the most humbling things I've learned in my life was how God used seemingly small and insignificant moments of just putting his kingdom first to do a great work in our life and our ministry. I pray that encourages you today. And I'm going to close with my prayer for you that I started with in this message. My prayer for you is that you would have wild influence for the kingdom of God, but that you would do so in God's timing for God's purpose with a sense of authority on your life that only God can give you. Leading second, we love you. We're so thankful to get to do life with you. My prayer is that you will walk um, in great authority and that you will be mightily used by God to hold up the arms of your pastor, to build the church and ultimately honor and serve Jesus well in this season because we need you in the game. We need you strong. We need you healthy. So uh, leading second, we love you. We're with you. If we can be supporting you in any way, please let us know. Until next time, leading second, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. God bless you. information, check out leadingsecond.com. Follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook. Facebook.